to the Exec MBA podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Erica Kia. Erica is a second year student in our Executive MBA class of 2023, and she and I recently connected to talk about her MBA journey, as well as her new venture, a people and talent advisory and consulting service for early stage to Series B startups. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is my interview with Erica Kia. Erica, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Brad. Well, it's great to see you. How is everything? Things are good. I mean, we are about to, you know, hit exams in Q9 here. So home stretch, we're seeing it. It's right there. We're in elective land. Now things are great. So give us just a little bit of a flavor of the electives uh, that you've been taking as of late. It's always fun uh, to hear what students get into. Yeah. So I um, got into entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship thinking, which sort of fits with what I've been doing um, the last six months. Um, and, and timing on taking that elective actually was, was spot on. Um, I've continued some of the leadership uh, classes that, uh, you know, that we started as part of CORE. Um, this quarter, I have uh, leadership coaching, which is actually turning out to be super interesting and a very difficult skill to have, um, but I think also really important uh, as you grow as a leader um, and uh, and strategy. So uh, wrapping up a strategy execution course, and I was headed towards more strategy and then completely just changed my schedule just two days ago to include um, actually a lot more uh, tied to venture capitalists. So venture capitalist leadership, and then also entrepreneurship finance, really thinking this is my last opportunity to understand how to structure my business and um, probably get all the help that I can um, without just turning to, to a CPA or something like that. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, let's start by talking just a little bit more about you. So tell us about you and what's your background? Yeah, thanks. So, um, you know, I, I grew up overseas. I'm, I'm French originally and, and moved to the United States in my teens and, and grew up in Arizona. I did my undergrad at a small liberal arts school in Texas and, uh, you know, slowly but surely made my way out east. And I have been in the uh, D.C., Northern Virginia area for, for over 25 years. Um, along the way, got married, had kids. Uh, and and stayed working and and my entire uh, professional career has really been in talent and people, um, talent acquisition for many years, and then uh, pivoted about uh, seven years ago to to lead the entire people function. So HR, talent acquisition, talent management, talent development, benefits, comp, all the good things. Um, and uh, so yeah, so all of it in tech. Um, so caught the tech bug when we moved out to the DC area and have stayed in tech. Um, so I worked for, for everything from startups to much larger enterprise companies. And, um, you know, uh, I've been both an individual contributor and, and took a step back after I had kids, um, though I'd sort of risen the ranks, so came back and restarted and then, and then led teams uh, across the way. So I'm really passionate about people and their stories and their growth. Um, and how to make them succeed within organization. And I think I've seen, certainly I'd say in the last 10 years, sort of an increase in um, 
and the desire by, by executive teams to have that people function, have a stronger voice, really be able to drive a lot of the business decisions and, and certainly has, has been validated as part of the program. Um, the people function is a, is a key strategic part of a really successful business. And so um, there's a lot to do <laughs> and it's not just policies and procedures. Um, so yeah, so it's, um, it's been a great growth journey. I, I love what I do. So how did you d- discover that you were passionate about people and uh, the human resources, people function of an organization? Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. I don't know that I would have called that out early. I certainly wasn't calling it out in college. I was actually pre-med for two and a half years at this small liberal arts school. I uh, decided halfway through my junior year, this isn't what I was going to do for the next 10 years. Um, but I was, I think, really interested about the people side of medicine more than even the the clinical side. And uh, so I had been interning for a staffing company and uh, took a full-time role with them um, uh, upon graduation. And then when we moved out to the East Coast, uh, specifically got into recruiting and tech recruiting, uh, which I liked a lot. Tech recruiting is a lot like sales at the pace of which, especially in in tech is very intense. so, but but I sort of just really liked bringing people and talking about their stories and matching them to potential needs that a, a company might have. Uh, and I worked both uh, on the agency side and also in-house uh, at companies when I first started. And then, uh, you know, as I as I grew into roles in in leading talent acquisition teams, um, it's a very different skill set inside of the people function. Sometimes, sometimes misunderstood um, because it doesn't really focus as internally, it's really focused on grabbing people externally, um, to a certain extent, selling them on the opportunities of a company. So um, yeah, I mean, that's how I got into it. I think I would say haphazardly <laughs> is the best way to put it, as is actually pretty typical of a lot of recruiters um, in the end. I think what made me pivot into more of the HR and the people side, um, as I referenced about seven years ago, was just a desire to say, you know, will I only ever do the talent acquisition, which is again just one piece of that function? And and is it time to to look into doing something more different? And so I actually went back to school at that point and and followed a certification program to receive my HR certifications. So kind of got interested in going back to school already. That was like a little bit of a tidbit into that. And um and and then that's when I, you know, that's when I knew I really liked the whole function. I liked doing more than just talent acquisition, so. How did you discover that you wanted to do an MBA? Is that something you had always thought about? Uh, was it a recent idea? Yeah, so that's very interesting. I'd wanted to do an MBA kind of in my late 20s. Um, and I was already married at the time and and I was very, you know, doing very well professionally, running entire talent acquisition teams. And, and couldn't quite figure out how I might take off two years. The executive MBA program, I think, was just sort of a newish thing. I'm not even sure if Darden had one then, but I, so I was really thinking about a residential, but almost would have fallen outside of the range of a typical residential. But and so between, you know, how, to, how would we pay for this thing and, and the time and taking two years, I just kind of potsed around in it and didn't really ever follow through. And then and then started our family and and you know one thing led to another. And when you have three children, I couldn't quite imagine uh, going back to school um, and and doing it. And it was about 
well, let's see, it was in, in 2020 during COVID um, when I was head of people for a company that had employees in, in 37 countries. So it was it was definitely a very, very, very intense time. And having conversations with our CEO, we were leading a lot of talent development initiatives internally, not only to keep employees engaged uh, during a sort of a, you know, a downtime, if anything, but also just to keep them engaged with the company because, because everyone's focus was just everywhere else. Um, you know, he turned to me and, and he said, I'm not hearing you really tell me what you're going to plan for yourself in terms of learning. And and so it was interesting and it really got me thinking. And he said, you know, will you always just be head of HR or will you ever run your own company or like, what are you thinking? And I just hadn't really thought about it in many years, actually. And so a couple conversations in, he really said, you know, I think you could really benefit from an MBA. And so I know you do all these things for the company and I know you're, you're extremely busy, but uh, I will I will stand by you, go get into the best MBA program that fits you and your life and your family's life. And we will figure out a way for you to have the time to go to go do this. And so, so then I said, you know what? There was really like no excuse at that point. I, I knew that, you know, COVID pending, I would have some of my oldest children in, in college, so somewhat out of the house. And and so yeah, so that's when I started the the search and and briefly looked at a few options, but very quickly really narrowed it down to, to Darden. And it was because it was local, the majority of the classes, you know, the weekend classes being at, in Rosalind. But even if we needed to be in Charlottesville, that's close enough. That's not that far either versus, you know, other schools where I might be flying uh, either every second or third weekend. And I was already traveling for my job and I just could not imagine take on, taking on more of that. But so I felt like the, the scheduling made sense. Um, I also really like this emphasis on general management and nothing really too, too, you know, I knew that we'd have a lot of comp classes, but not too many necessarily, not a huge financial or consulting super angle. Um, and I was really blown away by just the, the caliber of some of the, the current students that I spoke to. And then a few of the uh, online classes that I popped in, uh, one was taught by Yale, it was a decision analysis class. And and I thought, you know, I could kind of do this. Like, I, I mean, I kind of answered the question, of course, not well, but. And so anyway, it gave me enough of a confidence to, to figure out that I, I could. I went and um, studied for the EA, which was a process in itself, um, but, you know, did it. And I wanted to, to kind of do the test and, and feel like I could, you know, uh, get in with with some some sort of uh, testing and scoring. And, uh, and yeah, and then applied and well, and then, you know, the rest of the history, because you're the one who called me and gave me the good news. So. All right. So it sounds like it's something you had thought about for a while. We, we share uh, with prospective students that it's not uncommon at all uh, for executive MBA students to have thought about uh, the decision to go back to school, uh, to pursue an MBA for several years. And in, in some cases, maybe even. Uh, a decade or or two. We, we've absolutely had that experience with executive MBA students. At the time, it was that okay. Initially thought about it, and then okay, a lot a lot of life happens, and they come back around to the idea. It sounds like sounds like that was your story. Yeah, yeah, and it's really, you know, I, I as we're about to wind it down. I mean, it's re-energized me professionally in ways I would have never believed. Um, I think it hasn't just been about what I've learned, that's obviously a huge piece of it, but it's also 
um, you know, giving me an opportunity to share the many stories that I've had and a lot of the experiences which uh, my classmates have really valued. And, and you know, it's it's not just the conversations inside of the classroom and the, the case sort of correlations that can be made uh, as part of this discussion, but it's even the, the conversations that take place on the breaks after or the dinners later that night where the, you know, where, where there's a continuation of that experience and the share out and the introspection almost that comes from the decisions made at that point. And, um, and it's, it's just been, uh, it's been an incredible journey. Um, I, you know, I think like many classmates who enter into the program, we think back of LR1, which is that first week in Charlottesville and, and oh my gosh, like who wasn't scared those first couple of days in the classroom? Um, but I was mostly just scared that I just didn't think I was going to fit. And, you know, was I going to be just too old for this or like, would I even know what to do in the classroom? It has been so long since I've been in college. And I mean, of course, all that stuff goes, goes out the door immediately. Um, but the sense of belonging happened very quickly in LR1, like that the voice of the voice of my functions, the voice of people is actually a very, very important piece and it's very weaved in to many of the classes that we have in the program. Um, so there's always an element, either th through the case method where you're sort of doubling up on, you know, learning about the stories of things that happened with the companies of, in addition to whatever, you know, core subject is being taught. Um, there's always an opportunity to sort of peel back the layer on the stories or the history of the decisions that were made by leadership or, you know, the course of event that took place that I find fascinating. Um, so it's, it's felt like my life has been that. And then being in this, in this program has um, sort of, you know, amplified that even more. Um, so it's, it's been fantastic. You mentioned the sort of energizing nature of the program. Is it that really that's that sort of social element, the conversations that you're having, the relationships with your classmates? Do you feel like that's really what's given you that push? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think uh, I've said this, and this has pretty much happened every single OGR. The in-person OGR for me are just a huge boost. You know, it's the, the week that leads to OGR, these on-grounds uh, residencies, you are reading a lot of business cases, especially the first year when you're tied to core classes. And there's a lot of preparation, sometimes some cramming in, but okay, a lot of preparation for the seven days leading to that. And then for me, it's like the skies open up because the learning and just the opportunities to, to be live with folks has been amazing. Um, I have a little bit of a harder time with the, the night classes because I'm usually working off until the five minutes before I get to class. That's my schedule. That's just a function of my life. Um, and so, you know, and it's kind of the, the end of the day and it's more, you know, wound down. And the energy is different from when you have students that you see on video versus seeing them live and, and seeing the expression and seeing who's really taken back by a comment and who can, who would, you know, stand to have additional conversations later or the professors and the way that they interact and how they move the conversation around um, in the classroom. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, by the end of the day, Sunday, I think everyone's a little fried is the reality, but, um, but it has been, it has been, so great to really um, not only meet in person, but but for me, it's that that personal connection, those personal stories. And there's such an incredible variety of backgrounds in the classroom. I never, ever would have guessed. It spanned from 
you know, doctors, you know, some of which are doing a second residency while doing their MBA, uh, you know, folks in their geospatial specialists, I don't even know how to describe what they do. I mean, everything. And of course, you know, consultants and, and policy makers and things like that, but such a breadth of backgrounds, um, frankly, that some of which I'd never been exposed to, to that level. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the stories are, are just really, really incredible. Did you expect to have that community experience as part of your executive MBA program? You know what? I didn't. And I'm not sure why I didn't. I mean, I knew that I would sort of probably create this network of 140 people. But, you know, I I've, also I've have like a lot of other networks. Right? <laughs> and I talk to candidates all day long. So I talk to people all day long. And, you know, I'm a parent. So we have all of the, the friendships from as a function of friends and sports and and all the, the many aspects. I also just didn't feel like I needed to have another network like that. Um but it is it is today, I think, a network that again has propelled me in a in a not I feel like a different direction, but a uh, with a stronger sense of purpose. Um, it's it's been a bit fresh air just for an extent. Um, for me, seeing, you know, frankly, younger women in the program who are doing it all, who are on the cusp of about to want to do it all and and just asking for additional feedback and and being able to provide some of that feedback. Um, I think, as you know, we have you know people that experience all types of of, um, of you know personal journeys while in the program, including having children, which I think is incredible when when they're doing that. Uh, men and women, right? So so um, men becoming fathers as well in this program, but but uh, all of it is is a, a real testament to growing leaders. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I went into the program thinking. I wanted a lot of the quant. I wanted to, you know, I'd started to, to be included in, in the board meetings and, and meeting with external, vend uh, external vendors and, and investors. And, and as a function, I wanted just a little more depth into all the financial components of, of running organizations. And I wanted just more strength and bench behind it. Um, but ultimately, I think Darden grows leaders uh, that make decisions that are based on, on the data, so the analytics and the quant, but also, you know, share in the reflection of true ethical leadership that is, you know, not just necessarily for short-term gains, but has long-term impact and really drives us to think about those decisions. Um, so it's it's you know it's fun to to really watch others also experience that journey and that discovery and that challenge for themselves um, and it's also challenged me in, in some of those same ways as well. So, so you come to Darden, you're a first year student back in school. Uh, what was the biggest adjustment for you, or what are some of those things that you had to work through in the first few quarters to the program? Um, so you know probably right away was the you know, our learning team. So our small group of, uh, you know, five additional folks and, and myself, I, I just didn't, you know, I, I'm a pretty strong independent person. And I just didn't think I would be relying on others to go learn. It's not how I learned in college for sure. Um, so I, what I didn't really completely understand the concept, I might've been a little skeptical when I was also like, who are these people and, and really why are we all together? Anyway, very quickly, uh, I came to not only work with them really closely, but but rely on them, frankly, for additional support and 
And truly by the time we were in some heavy quant classes, um, you know, additional learning that I really needed to, to have or just additional ability to, to have conversations around some topics. Um, and and it, it greatly helped me uh, tremendously. I, I had no idea, really, frankly. Um, you know, I do remember, you know, meeting this team at LR1 and with various degrees of, of preparation, all six folks, and, and kind of thinking like, wow, we're kind of in for it here. Like, what are we going to do? This is going to get really interesting really fast. And I think by the third day, we had some video to create or something like that. And I mean, we were rolling on the floor laughing. I hadn't laughed that hard at that point in several years. And I remember turning to one of them and almost crying because I, because we were just goofing off so much around whatever we needed to do. And I thought to myself, you met these people less than 72 hours ago and here you are. And how is this even happening, right? That learning team has turned out to be uh, not only a, a really close um you know, close group of, of learners with me, but close group of friends really in the, in the program. I appreciate your point about the learning team. We always tell prospective students that you might have known prior academic experiences as something of a solitary activity where you got ready for class, you came to class, you studied for the exam all by yourself. Uh, that is um, not exactly the experience here at Darden. It is much more team oriented than that to your point. And um, I think it, it it's one it can be challenging uh, for exec students to kind of let go in that way and accept other people's help and recognize that you can't do it all by yourself. It's a pretty motivated group of people. That's not an easy thing to acknowledge, but um, or nor should you try to do all of it by yourself. That's right. That's right. I mean, I think it was. Yeah, it was probably by Q3 or Q4, so pretty close in where there was still a huge element of just me still picking it up by myself. We were still reading all of the cases. And then at some point, I just basically said, like, I, I give up. I can't do it all. And so I'd, I'd rather show up prepared and count on others to, you know, read through the cases of, that others have prepared. And and then we just kind of do a, a quick share out before we we meet on, on the ground. So, yeah, it was definitely a process to learn. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, I think folks... Uh, though all very driven and all very focused on on making the most of this program, have different learning styles as well, right? And so it isn't just a function of age necessarily or or the kind of degrees that they've had. It's also where life has taken them, right? When uh, when some of the folks are are truly at the leadership level, at the executive leadership level, and and are being asked to make a lot of decisions based on input, it's not quite the same thing as learning with others, and so learning to kind of unpack that and um, and take the goodness that can that can happen in shared learning. Um, yeah, as, as it was a great, you know, it was definitely a learning experience, but was was a great one. And one I, I very much support today. And I'm actually trying to to implement in small ways with some of the teams that I professional teams that I work with today. Well, let's talk about um, your journey in the program a little bit more. During your time here at Darden, you decided to launch your own venture. Um, yeah. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so that was an interesting turn. You know, I, I had set a couple goals for myself in the program, which was really mostly to just get challenged and 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 take my former CEO's um, you know suggestions into hand and and just go do this and see where it takes you. Um, 
a couple of months after starting the program, um, I uh, I actually decided to to leave the, the company I was with, and uh, I took a little bit of time off. I also experienced some uh, personal challenges, and so took some time off for the very first time in my professional life. So probably well overdue, certainly after COVID, very needed. And in that that two months, I was reflecting and starting to to interview for companies and. And I, I reconnected with somebody that I had worked with a couple of times, and he'd recently joined a startup as, as a CEO. And he said, listen, we probably can't afford you as, as a full-time employee, but hey, like, what are you doing? Would you, do you want to do some consulting work? And I said to him, well, I've never done consulting. And he's like, well, like, what's stopping you? And I said, well, I don't know, but okay, fine. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking for a job. I'll do this for, I don't know, six to eight weeks. So I start, and, and it's a startup, so you need to do everything in a people function, right? And... Um, and I'm kind of going along and actually having a lot of fun and, and really helping them. And I can tell sort of making an immediate contribution. And, and we then, I think the timing was such that we started PAC2, which is the professional development course, um, which had, I think for the first time in the, in the Darden program, an opportunity to choose like nine different tracks. Anyway, I, I select a coach, a professional coach. And the other one that I do is this entrepreneurship Thing. And it turns out the entrepreneurship piece is led by uh, a guy at the Batten Institute who, who leads iLab and all this entrepreneurship um, stuff for both residentials and full-time MBAs. And, and, you know, we meet with these teams about people who are interested in startups, people who have already done startups, people who want to know more. And then as we get to talking, you know, he finally turns to me and he says, you know, so like, what's your deal? And I said, well, I don't really know. You know, I'm just here listening. And he was like, well, but what about, you, aren't you consulting today? And I said, well, yeah, I just started, you know, and he was like, isn't this what you could do? And it was, it was just like, it hit me, it hit me out of nowhere. And I thought, oh, well, maybe I, I could do this. And I had thought about doing something like this, like 10 years ago. Um, but again, life took a different direction and I, I didn't. And so, and I, I kept on coming back, uh, you know, to, to, to Jason at Batten and saying, you know, I don't have my business plan together and I don't have financials and I don't really know how to go price this. And, and he said, well, did it stop you for the last eight weeks in doing this? And I was like, no. And anyway, so, so then next thing you know, you know, I said, but I, I don't even know how to incorporate myself, whatever. And, and he said, you've helped so many people in the last year with, you know, how to rebuild their resume and talk about their life story and figure out what they want to go do and create networks and introduce them. He's like, why don't you just let the network help you? And so I kind of did. I put out like, hey, clueless one over here looking to do a couple of things. Who's got, who can help me? And within two days, I had one of our, the attorneys in the program help me get incorporated. I helped somebody else create a financial plan for and then I just happened to take one of the first elective in entrepreneurial thinking. And you, day one, you need to show up with your one-page business plan. And week two, you needed to have your 24-month run rate. And you know, week three, your go-to-market strategy and all of your market analysis. And so basically, it's sort of one thing led led to the other. And so today, uh, the business that I started is is pretty specific, but actually has a very niched uh, market, which is um, you know supporting startups, specifically seed to likely series B who don't have a full-time um, resource uh, on the people and talent side, but yet as they take on additional funding, need 
and are being asked to, to do some things around talent and either replacing talent or aggressively, uh, you know, growing headcount for, for scale um, and cannot necessarily afford a full-time resource. So as I'm doing today, it's uh, I'm basically a, you know, fractional chief people officer for, for a startup. And then I have advisory practices. So I have a talent acquisition practice whenever we need to turn on that faucet on doing some recruiting. And I'm soon to hire an HR ops um, when we need to just crank on policies and procedures. And, and then I sort of handle everything else in between talent management, talent development, uh, employee relations as it happens. And, um, and then helping them grow you know, with wherever they are, which is I think the also sort of challenging story for, for startups is understanding what's appropriate for them at their stage, what makes sense, how much do you, how much do you invest, especially in systems and processes and, and additional headcount. So it has been joyful. It has really also re-energized me, I think in a way, because when you work for a startup, every day is different. Every day brings something um, exciting. And I really just enjoy supporting uh, supporting that end, but also knowing that it's it's my business too. So, you know, likely I think um, it will be about helping companies through these twelve to eighteen month stages, because that's usually the typical stages of, of fundraising, and and then moving on. You know, helping them recruit their next head of people or head of talent, and then moving on to to the next customer. So. And uh, pretty quickly here, it's also about aligning with VCs and um, sort of maybe being a go-to partner for them um, as they take on a, additional companies with portfolio companies. And so, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. The world that I really didn't know that much about before Darn. So. Sort of opens up the next question I was wondering about as you were telling your story, Erica. Um, if you had to go back, you know, if you were to cast your mind back to six, seven months before you started the program when you, when you were applying, you know, so would, would you have been surprised with where you are now and, and what you're doing? So much, so, so much. I mean, there's a lot that happened also in that period of time, personal tragedies as well. And um, which have also helped me to put things into context in a very, very different way. Right. And then also that, you know, when Jason finally turned to me and said, well, if you're not doing this now, when do you think you're going to ever do this? It was a moment in time in saying, listen, you've done all these things, but maybe it's time to pull it all together and, and really figure out what could be this the next exciting thing. And uh, as, as um, one of the leadership coaches helped me also figure out, it's not just out of a sense of duty for everyone else and, and for everybody else that you always do these things for but really for yourself, um, which is not how I entered the workforce. I entered the workforce because you get a job and you just continue to go up and you just continue to churn, right? Um, and then and then you get to the top and and if it doesn't bring you joy every single day, then, then there's more to life and it's time to go figure out what that is. And I think that that's one of the things that sort of unraveled in both some of the leadership classes and pack one and pack two inside of the program. Um, but also as I was coaching others in the program about what it is that they wanted to do, you know, I was like, okay, well, you're asking a lot of people this, these questions. Are you asking this of yourself, right? And part of that introspection and reflection component of learning, which is also something that I didn't quite understand when we were first talking about that as, you know, being introduced to that concept in the program. 
you know, at some point I really turned the light on myself and said, you know, it, it's, it's time to, to just do this thing if you're going to be serious about it. So, yeah. One of the things I was struck by uh, with your class is particularly early on, I would go to homeroom, uh, which is the time for announcements uh, during a weekend residency on that Friday morning before class starts. And I, there were a number of classmates who would say, I'd just like to thank Erica for all her help with uh, my recent job transition, or I was uh, working on something at work and Erica was really helpful to me. How did you get pulled into working with your classmates in this way? Did they just pick up on, oh, you're a people person. Let me, let me talk to you, HR uh, expert, Erica Kia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely that element. And I think, you know, we we start out in sections. And so you really get to know your your broader section of 60 or 70. But very quickly, I, um, you know, I, I helped in career services and became a career services rep. Um, I think I've I think I've also provided a lot of feedback. Um, I'm a pretty big, big believer in the experience. So in this case, you know, the student experience and um, and, and the recognition that people make movements um, a little bit differently than as part of the residential program. And so, you know, when, when I could pretty quickly come up with what my pitch was or these things, others kind of said, well, can you help me? It sounds like and I was like, yeah, and, and this is, talent acquisition has been in my blood for 20 some years. It doesn't go away. And, and I actually love it. Like, I love helping others figure that out, you know, and very quickly, then you also, you know, there's a, a reference to an HR policy and HR, you know, an HR process here or there. And next thing you know, whether it's helping a classmate with, you know, their spouse's FMLA leave or something that they don't understand, just getting clarification. Yeah, I think the word spread pretty quickly. Um, but I, I'm, I'm thrilled that I've had that opportunity. I, I, I find a ton of joy in supporting people that way. Uh, I think most recently I helped a lot of folks as they were, you know, not getting great news about being impacted by, by reduction in force and just making sense of what was being presented to them at a time when for them, that's pretty stressful. I, I think in any way that you can help others, that's, that's always been part of my, my big mission and, um, and recognizing and, and encouraging people to also, um, you know, take advantage of this network of 140 people that we have. So go ask the questions of folks, right? You, you figure out you have an interest in maybe doing something in pharma. We'll go talk to these three people. Uh, I, I think what I quickly figured out is who's in what area. And so being able to reference others, I think today, you know, 20 some months into the program, everyone has kind of figured that out. But early on, uh, others didn't quite, quite know as quickly. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, Look, I think, you know, at the end of the day, if uh, I, I will walk away with some very personal, um, you know, accomplishments as part of this program, uh, but I, I would love nothing more than others to feel that way. And if they were just helped a little bit along the way to, to get there, then I'm better for it. I mean, it's just Darden's better for it. The whole thing is better for it. Um, it's just, it's life. It's, it's a circle of life and it's, it's been a fantastic way to give back. Well, do you have a favorite memory from the program thus far? Favorite memory? I mean, I think, you know, I, I, the learning team is is really, is probably that in this video that we made, which was a spoof on The Office. Um, again, that had us like rolling on the floor. Um, I, I think it's the people, you know, I, I hate to say it like that, but it's it really is, um, 
it, it, it is the people. Um, I think a lot of the events that have also happened that happen outside of the classroom, uh, whether they're social events, and we've had this amazing uh, woman in the program who's put on an incredible amount of social events on Friday and Saturday nights. Um, you know, some of the, the Friday night lives, but we've had some incredible speakers, um, some of the, you know, like winery tours and other little trips that we've done. Um, yeah, I, the events and the people uh, that are not necessarily part of the classroom experience. The thing that I always try to share with prospective students and may not be obvious, because I think when you think about an executive MBA program, your, your attention naturally goes to class, right? You're thinking a lot about class, but the weekend residencies, there's so much more than just class. You know, we just did a blog post not so long ago about a running club that sprung up in our first year uh, class, executive MBA class of 2024. I know there's been I think, sunrise yoga in y'all's class uh, on yeah. Sunday mornings. Uh, there's been all kinds of clubs and organizations that have sort of sprouted up. There's all the sort of social activities, some planned, some much more improvised <laughs> as as the weekend goes. I mean, it is a full experience. Residency, I think, is is the right word for it. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would agree. I would agree. Um, and and also, I think you know we're, we're so close to DC. So for some folks that are not in DC, it's it's the opportunity to sometimes go to hit a, hit a museum. And so they ask a few others, "Hey, do you want to join?" And you're like, "Yeah, I haven't seen this museum in ten years. Sure, I'll go." And the next thing you know, that turns into dinner close by. Or, and so yeah, the the some of the things planned or unplanned have actually been, uh, I've been great. I mean, we're in a great city for that and a great area for that, so. Yeah, we were talking with some of your classmates about how there is this kind of campus experience embedded within the weekend residency. Um, students stay in the hotel, you know, they, they walk together, typically one one block to the, the space uh, in Roslyn. Uh, they're in class together, they go out to eat dinner, they do all these things in DC. like. DC is effectively uh, the campus uh, and it creates all kinds of great opportunities. Um, so what do you think has been the impact of the program for you, Erica? I mean, I think the greatest one is, as we've already kind of mentioned, was, it was almost a reset button, you know? Uh, I, that's maybe the word that comes to mind to kind of articulate the almost the pivot. It's not a complete pivot in that my day, you know, roles and responsibilities, quote unquote, are are not that different. Um, But the way in which I do it, and certainly the joy for me, the internal joy and energy that I have felt, um, as well as obviously feels stronger in some areas, um, especially the quant stuff, where I just didn't quite feel so, you know, level-headed about before. I think I certainly today um, feel, I I just have a lot more bench and strength to. I think that's it. I think the you know the other impact is it's it's almost taught me like the sky's the limit. I was almost reaching this point of like, well, what am I doing for the next? I don't know. In my case, it's maybe the next fifteen years, but now it's more of like, what am I not doing for the next fifteen years, right? And so it, it was an opportunity to reset with a, a huge amount of positivity and drive and re-energizing a lot of the passion that I think I bring to teams and people and companies. Um, and seeing the goodness in that again, um, yeah, while while having you know strengthened all the financials and all the you know all the operational um, parts of, of business today. So, what's next for you and and your venture? What are you, what are you looking forward to in the months ahead? 
Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, next week I head to Morocco on my second global residency. So there's, that's that, um, super personal for me. I was born in Morocco. So it's, it's the first time I'm going to go. It's, it's just going to be, it's going to tie a lot of things uh, together. So we're really looking forward to that. And, um, you know, and then we, we have our last quarter and LR2. And, and so it's, things are winding down, but like, oh my gosh, things are winding down. Um, and then, you know, graduation is, is bound to be uh, not only, I think, special for, for, for celebrating this accomplishment, but in my case, my oldest is a, is a fourth year at UVA undergrad. And so he and I will walk the lawn together in May, which um, I've got to believe is going to be special. So um, yeah, there's some, some really great things um, for the business. I think, uh, you know, for me, I will, I will be hopefully working through my, my, my current startup and, taking them to their series B. And so it probably will be um, the end of, of working with them and, and starting a, a, another new venture. So that could look really different. And I do think I'll pivot at that point to, to bring on team members to my own company. Um, so that's sort of expanding and, and doing some things a little bit differently too. So um, time for a little bit of scale, manageable scale and seeing where that takes us and well, that's, that's so exciting um, to the, particularly the, the graduation point um, to have the opportunity to graduate in effectively the same class as, as one of, of your kids. Uh, this is an incredible, incredible thing. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So. Well, last question for you, Erica. What's a piece of advice, something you would encourage our prospective student listeners uh, to keep in mind as they think about their own MBA journeys? You know, I think. Um, I don't know that I would say I was afraid, right? But it 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 did take the CEO a couple of times saying, I still haven't, you haven't followed up with me. You haven't told me, you, you know. And I was like, well, I'm just not sure. And I don't know. And I'm, I wasn't saying I'm making excuses, but maybe a little bit. Um, I hadn't quite done the research. And then finally, one day I said, just stop, do the research and like figure out why you're thinking that you're afraid, but yet you've wanted to do this for a long time. And then like just, do it, I think, ultimately, right? So there, I am I am so much better today for having done this program. Um, you know, a small part of me says, well, what if you had done this 20 years ago, right? But, but 20 years ago, I wasn't the same person professionally and personally. So the context by which, um, you know, I interacted in this program would have been different too. So again, you meet yourself where you are and you, you go on this journey. But pulling the trigger, like doing it, doing the application, turning it in, committing to it once you are in the program, um, yeah, is the one piece of advice I would give. So do the research, figure out which program, you know, works best for you for as much as you can find out about it ahead of time. Ask the questions for sure. And I think Darden does a fantastic job of providing many opportunities to see what the program is like. Um, but then pull the trigger, do it. Well, Erica, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So happy for you, all these great things. Um, excited for your your venture. Um, I just love, um, you know, we talk with prospective students all the time and they ask questions about what will life, effectively, what will life look like as an executive MBA student at Darden? And the best thing, I think, and it's maybe a little bit, also a little bit unnerving, is it's kind of unknowable. You just have to take the leap and there's so much discovery along the way. Um, that's the best part about it. That's it. I, I could not agree more. Take the leap and and allow yourself to, to go on this journey, right? Without necessarily all of the answers. 
um, and just see where it goes, right? And, and how much you can take from it. So pleasure to be on the podcast, Brett. And great to see you. And that was my conversation with Eric Kia, a second year student in our executive MBA class of 2023. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.